Mia's mom got it, who I drove with. We all got it. All had the same symptoms, exactly the same. No, nobody oh really gosh. had a fever. <clears throat> I'm still coughing. So it's two and a half weeks later. I still have like a cough. Hey, everyone. My name is Al Gugliotta, and I want to welcome you to the Unlearning Project. All right, Virginia. So I'm back from COVID. Oh my goodness. This is going to be our discussion for this week. <laughs> Why not? Right. Two years in, I, I ducked it for two years. Yeah. I thought I was free and clear. No vaccine. I'm unvaccinated. Yeah. I'm not saying it like proudly or I just am. That's my decision. And I decided These are just that. facts. <laughs> just facts. Right. Exactly. No judgment here. <laughs> Two years in, I've traveled not all around the world, but I've been taking like probably eight trips in two years. Hmm. Didn't get it. Been outside, been in groups, been unmasked whenever it was legal to be unmasked. It's the yeah. weirdest thing. So what happened was two weeks ago, or two and a half weeks ago, I didn't get a good night's sleep, feeling a little run down. And that night I had to drive an hour and a half to go see my daughter's performance choir. So I drove from mom. We figured we just carpool. So I drove from mom. And just not feeling right. I thought it was just tired, hmm. you know? So like get there. I'm like barely like staying awake during this. The performance is great, but like I was just reeling. And then I had an hour and a half drive back. We didn't get back until probably like, oh. I don't know, 10, 30, 11 at night. Yeah, that's brutal anyways, even if you're it like is. totally. Okay, so hang on. Are you someone yeah. generally who, I mean, you're a healthy guy. You work out, you eat well, all this stuff. So even if it was like sniffles, you would. A day. You're probably somebody that would notice, right? One day, and then I'm usually over it. Yeah. And honestly, I can't remember the last time I was actually sick for more than a day. Yeah. Like 10 years, maybe. Honestly, I just don't get sick. Like, I have a little bit of allergy stuff when pollen gets crazy, but mm -hmm. um, like right now. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Like, right now. So I thought it was that. So I woke up the next morning. My throat was kind of scratchy. I slept a long time, which I never do. Okay. Then started getting like these body chills and then hot flashes and then like the skin crawling sensation. And it's Ooh. the only time I've ever had it. It's like when you put like a shirt on, it just like itched your, like it was just made your skin crawl. I don't even know how to weird. describe it well. It just felt weird. Like clothes felt weird on your skin. And that, that was like that for four or five days. So it turns out, I guess I could just throw it out there. Shelby got it. Mia's mom got it, who I drove with. We all got it, right? Okay. All had the same symptoms, exactly the same. No, nobody oh really gosh. had a fever. <clears throat> I'm still coughing. So it's two and a half weeks later. I still have like a cough. Yeah, but like the weirdest thing. And like, so like I said, unvaccinated, I wind up getting it. Do you have any idea where you got like, or just that one night you suddenly felt it? Just the one night I suddenly felt it. I did nothing out of the ordinary that I, I went to mm -hmm. the gym every day. Like I normally do like nothing different. Maybe just came across the wrong person. Who knows? There's no way of knowing. Right. Yeah. But we like the weirdest. It, it wasn't even bad. I didn't feel like really sick. Only a few days. I feel sick. Started feeling better day three, day four. By day four, I woke up in the morning. I'm like, I feel great. Ah. I'm like, I'm going to go to the gym. Bad idea. Like the worst, <laughs> worst idea ever. 
I go to the gym. I'm like deadlifting. I'm like doing like because I'm like I haven't worked out in like five days. I feel good. I like wrecked my. You should probably take it easy. Yeah, I, in my <laughs> mind, I'm just not used to being sick, so I didn't know how to like. Okay. I didn't think. So you just went back to 100%, 100%. what you would have done. Oh, damn. I did. <laughs> and literally three hours later, I'm on the couch like asleep. And yeah. This is like in the middle of the afternoon. And then I'm wrecked for the night. I wound up napping. I'm up. Then I'm like woozy. I slept through the whole next night, sick again the next day. Mm. So I went like right back to day zero. So weird. Moved into congestion, went down to my chip from nose to chest. It's been in my chest for like the last week. Shelby thought I had pneumonia. So I, I made an appointment at urgent care, which I would never do. Like, I'm like, just right. whatever. Just I'll just sleep it off or eventually it'll go away. They did a chest x-ray. They did this whole thing. Nothing. Free and clear. Completely fine. Okay. So it's, it's just, just congestion. Just like some normal congestion that they think will pass. Congestion and coughing. Yeah. But it's like lingering. The lingering is the weirdest part for me because I usually snap out of things really quickly. Yeah, that's how I am. And then you get these things they talk about, like long COVID you've heard of. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping like there's no permanent. I don't think there's any permanent damage. But also you find out people like months and months on end that they never really get back to normal. And Mm. I'm starting to feel good now. And I've actually worked out the last couple of days and feel good. Mm-hmm. Like a but light workout or did you lighter. go back 100%? No, okay, d- yeah, okay. I totally learned my lesson okay. that first time. Yeah. It's weird because you feel good in the gym, but like it just, it snaps, the rubber band snaps the other way. And so, yeah, it's been my experience for a little over two weeks. And I never thought to myself that there's no such thing as COVID, but I also thought it was overblown. Mm. And I did at the end, also with that chest stuff, I did have shortness of breath, which is a little freaky, you know, where I was like, it's weird. It's a weird sensation. Like you don't feel like you can breathe in, but it's just, it only almost feels like your breathing's not working right. Well, that's a little scary. Yeah, a little scary. Yeah. Never I felt like I was going to like pass out or like I choking on, or what do you call it? Like suffocating or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just a little weirdness. And it's like, whoa, what the hell is that? And then it kind of gave me the thoughts of like, God, if I was like obese, if I was elderly, mm-hmm. I understand why people are dying of this shit, you know? Yeah. Or like asthmatic already. Asthmatic. My God, yes. if you already had breathing problems, no good. That's what would scare me. Yeah. So it, it kind of brought me around full circle. I don't know if I would have gotten the vaccine knowing what I know now, but I'd definitely be more apt to get it. And if something else like this happens, like in the future, if there was like another pandemic and you know, they were touting. I think I would get the vaccine next time. I don't know if I would have done any better, but you know. Yeah. Well, you don't know. I mean, no way of knowing. Yeah. And I still haven't had it. So I'm just still like, oh, yeah. (laughs) I just figure I had it and I was asymptomatic. I figure if anybody had it, I had it because I was up and around seeing everybody breathing in people's faces, them breathing in mine. Do you think during it, what was your primary thing? The skin crawling is interesting, but then yep. I guess you were just mostly tired. Tired, body aches. Yeah, fatigue. Like fatigue was the big one. Huh. But then it became like one of the worst like congestions I've ever felt. And then oh, it yeah. moved. It went from like nose to like chest. And then it's now it's just kind of like lingering and like slowly going away, like this weird slow progression. So maybe I'm at like 85, 90% now. But it's been two and a half weeks. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. I'm so sorry. That oh, sucks. no, it's okay. <laughs> well, 
one cool thing that I thought, well, cool thing. It's just like a weird comparison. <clears throat> so me and Shelby are both not vaccinated. We both got it. Same symptoms. Mia's mom is vaccinated. Okay. And she had the exact same. We all had the exact same symptoms. Yeah. So that's that's what I was going to ask if like if y'all could compare your experiences. Like had y'all kind of said, oh, I had that. No, I didn't have that. Right. I was curious. Yeah. We literally had identical symptoms pretty much. And Shelby and Mia's mom recovered a little quicker than I did, which is I can't, I still yeah. can't believe that. I'm always like pissed off about it. I'm like, damn it. I'm like, I was like, I ruined my streak. Like I had a streak of like being healthy and like not getting sick. I used to like wear it as a badge of honor. I never get sick. Yeah. Well, I'm the same way I've, I've shared before the entire family can have a combination of strep and flu and I'm taking Mm -hmm. care of all of them and I never get sick. And you don't get, yeah, me too. Yeah. I might've said this in the podcast, but like Shelby once had hand, foot and mouth. Yeah. And like, I kissed her and like, she's like, why are you kissing me? I have hand foot bath. I'm like, I don't get anything. Yeah. I never got it. And like to this day, she thinks that's the funniest thing that I never got it. You know what though? I think I probably do the same kind of stuff because if the kids are sick or whatever, I'm careful, but I will still like give them hugs, kiss them on their head, maybe not kissing on the mouth and say, I'm like, wash your hands. You know, right. I'm still a little bit cautious with my kids, but yeah, but you're not like quarantining them. And yes, like, yeah. like I'm still full contact, like hugging them sure, close to their face because I'm just like, it's my kid. Yeah. And I, psh, I have this record of just never getting sick. But like with this, it's almost, I've I said it before. It was like, I just don't even want to experience it. Like I would just rather skip the whole thing Hell and avoid yeah. it. And I had no one, you know, that I'd been in direct constant contact with go mm-hmm. from not having it to have it. So this is even useful to me to be like, oh, what happened? I'm like the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The weirdest one I've ever, like weirdest sickness I've ever had. Mm. Like it was very unusual. It was more of the lingering. It wasn't even like how sick I felt. Mm-hmm. It was just that it just didn't, it just seemed to stay for such a long time. <clears throat> did you take like pain reliever or anything? I like did. did anything help? I was taking like Sudafed during the day. I was taking NyQuil at night. That helped a little, helped me sleep. Yeah. Just kind of what you would do for like a cold or something. Exactly. Yeah. Just stuff mm-hmm. with nothing crazy. And then when I went to the doctor to go get that chest x-ray, they gave me like cough medicine. They gave me a steroid too. They gave me um, pregnazone. Hmm, yeah. So I'm taking that. It's all helping. I feel good. But yeah, like, so I spent those two weeks like thinking about this. You're in your own head. You're sick. Yeah. I'm usually not good at being sick. Like I'm lose my mind. I'm like, I cannot <laughs> not be pre- What? Yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> a little sense of sarcasm there, huh? My God. Hey, I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah, totally dramatic. And but like this time around, I was like, I don't know, I kind of worked a little bit through it. I don't know. Okay. That's what I was gonna ask if you ever felt like good enough just to like come dink around on the computer a little bit. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Okay. I just kind of like lost it. Yeah, just being fatigued. Just I don't know, just didn't really want to meet up with anybody Mm. or talk on the phone or do anything. Anytime you're low energy, sometimes just talking is is a little taxing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like just brain power, right? Or just brain energy that you're losing. Yeah. So in the past, long time ago, I had an ovarian cyst and the pain was so intense that like Mm -hmm. I couldn't talk. I could hear people and I would 
shake my head or whatever, but I could not form sentences to come out like one word or two words, like just very broken because I could not put it together form real communication. Yeah. And just the pain was so clouding to any level of communication. It was so interesting. That's funny. I had another symptom you just like brought to my attention just by talking about that. My ear felt like, yeah, it's crazy. My ear felt like I just came off a plane. This went on for four to five days where Lily was just like muffled. And you know how like uh, after you get off a plane, you blow like your nose just to pop like your ear. I would do that and it would pop, but it would never relieve. Like it would just go right back to being muffled. Was that at the same time that you had head congestion? It was. It was. Okay. So it like backed up into your ears. Yeah. And I couldn't get rid of it. Mm. It's weird for like a day, but imagine four or five days. I'm like, did I really fuck up my ear? Like yeah. did I blow an eardrum? I I don't know. Yeah. So it's really bugging You're me out. You're starting to wonder like, am I going to be able to hear again? <laughs> yeah. Am I going to wake up one? Yeah. Am I ever just going to wake up and feel normal again? I, I never felt like I was going to die, but it was just all these weird things start going through your head of like, wow, this is what it's like to be sick. This is what yeah. it's like to like not have your health. That was kind of scary. And I think for those of us that don't get sick often, it does kind of become like, I don't know, like just irrelevant or like we're so far removed Mm -hmm. from what it's like for someone who has like chronic pain or like we said, asthma or something that they deal with every day and we don't. So then we're so removed from what that experience is. So it's such a slap in the face when we actually do get sick. (laughs) It kind of is. And it's kind of, it's it's funny. It's kind of the reason I wanted to, well, you brought it up that we should talk about it today. I kind of did want to talk about it. Yeah. Cause we've talked so much about Vaccines, vaccines and, and definitely like different news stories and stuff like that and things that you'd heard and how you felt. So for sure, the experience of actually getting it. Thinking before I got it, if I thought like in my mind, I was thinking if I get this, it'll be gone in two, three days. Yeah. Like I could take it. Worst case scenario. I'm invincible. Yeah. It'll just be like a little flu kind of symptom. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be what it was. What it was was weird. Mm. Real weird. So anyway, that was my experience. Kind of bugged me out. What other kind of stuff did you think about while you had it? Like you said, like the fear about your ear or hearing or were there any other thoughts that came to mind while you're (laughs) stuck in bed? Yeah, you start having some of those thoughts. I feel like I'm somebody that thinks (laughs) thinks about death like daily. Not that I adhere to like a stoic philosophy, but I'm like very... In that mindset of like, I'm aware that like life is short. I'm aware that life is fragile. I'm aware I've seen a lot of death. Mm-hmm. It's something I'm aware of, not like in a morbid way, but just in a way that it's like- It's a reality. It's a reality. And yeah, and it kind of motivates me to do the things I want to do. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like there's unlimited time. Right. So I was starting to think in those terms of like, oh, something could happen in your life where you could be unhealthy and then remain unhealthy. You know what I mean? Like, Ooh, and I'm yeah, like, that's like a, a weird course one. changer, you know, just something that completely. Right. Think of somebody has a stroke or something, right? Mm. You've had a stroke and like now you can't use a certain part of your brain or has a heart attack and then can't exercise anymore or whatever it is. Like something that's literally just changes the, because I rely on exercise. I rely on like my energy, Absolutely. And productiveness and adventure. And I'm like, if that was all stripped from me, like, Oof. It would be like an adjustment and it would be tough. I know I can do it, 
you know, you just get into other things, right? You do, you work around whatever you have. Yeah, it's like working around. You'd find some, maybe you'd start you'd painting little out. figurines or something. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Oh like, my some, God. yeah. <laughs> just throwing right. something out there. But yeah, just read some books. I don't just know. Just something, you know, like if you, you weren't able to go hiking anymore, clearly you would find something else to occupy your mind. Yeah. If that's all you know to decompress or whatever, then you feel like, what would I do? What would that look like? That seems scary. Yeah. Like I rely on that. like, I rely on certain things. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking a lot in those terms where I was like, oh, and like, I just turned 49. Yeah. Happy late birthday. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm pushing 50. <laughs> So I'm like 50, like then you start the thinking new 30, the, man. No, <laughs> I guess if I live till a hundred, I guess I'm middle age. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I'm on the wrong side. Well, maybe having COVID make you actually feel your age for those few days. I think it did. I think the rest of the time you generally probably feel younger. Don't you? I do. Okay. I actually feel better at 49 physically mm-hmm. than I did at like 30, 35. Yeah. I still think I'm 30. So yeah, you'll always think that's <laughs> it's just your body ages, your brain stays the same. Right. Everything about like when you're a little kid, you were you. Yeah. You were just in like this different body. Every day you're just little by little entering a different body. Yeah. I mean, not in a good way, I guess. Like it's well, I guess it could be. Could be, you know. It deteriorates though for all of us eventually, right? Right. So you start thinking along those lines. I'm like, oh, all right. So I gotta start doing all the physical things like climbing, like whatever. Like if I want to go climb something, I better start doing it, thinking about it now, not wait until I'm 65, 70, right? Yeah. That's not a better time. No. (laughs) Unless they come out with some ridiculous technology, right? Make me the bionic man. Put me on, I don't know, all sorts of steroids or whatever. (laughs) I'm with you. You know, if I want to run 5Ks or do whatever, like I need to do that stuff now because... Who knows? Like maybe when I'm 50, I'm still good. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So like, that's the thing. You don't know. I always think of the people that retire at 65 and then they have a health issue the next year and then they die the next. It's like, what was the point of your life? So sad. You know what I mean? Like you worked your whole life. Maybe like you were one of those people that like you saved diligently or like, finally I can retire. Yes. And just fucking and wasted your like the waste of life thing is like the scariest thing to me right yes like you didn't do the things you wanted to do right you spent your whole life maybe not suffering but you spent it doing mostly mundane tasks that you didn't really want to be doing did you kind of start thinking about that like well if this is the beginning of the end (laughs) at least i I did. did this hiking trip and at least i did this thing and that like tell me about that i felt like i was on a good trajectory You have even those really morbid kind of of self-flagellating thoughts of like- Everybody goes there, but they just don't talk about it. If I die today, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I'm like, man, if I really die from this, like I'll be happy with my life, you know. I really kind of thought that. Don't have any real regrets. I don't feel like I've missed doing something, at least in the recent years. Like I feel like I've been taking advantage. You could always do better, right? You could always do more or better. I don't know. I'm continuing to try to like push the envelope just to Mm. have more experiences, Mm -hmm. do more things, connect better with people. Cool. But again, you can never do everything. So there's only so much time. 
I also got in the mindset of like thinking the opportunity cost. You've heard of opportunity cost, yeah. right? So if you're doing one thing, you can't do something else, right? Right. So when you have this giant, you know, smorgasbord of things that you can possibly do, by picking one, you're ruling out every other thing on the table. Yeah. So it's more of like a thought process. The thought process could be if you were like negative Nancy, pessimist, like we were talking about. <laughs> oh, I chose this thing and I can't do any of these other things. Mm -hmm. Or you could just be like, I chose this thing because this thing's awesome. And I'm just going to focus on that. And I don't, who gives a shit? All that other stuff I'll do later. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Well, and this one thing that you chose is probably more exciting, more fun, more important to you in some way. Yeah. And you could focus on it, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to like in the back of your mind be thinking what you're missing out on, right? Yeah. I always think about this stuff. I think when you're sick, you think about it like a little bit deeper. Yeah. Because you have the time, you have the absolutely mind space to kind of do it. So what did you think? Like when I get better, I'm gonna <laughs> make sure that I do XYZ or I really hope I can do, you know. Good question. Worried about your breathing or something. You're like, man, I hope I could still go on hikes. This could be hard at high altitudes. Well, I start to realize like, so I've been gaining weight muscle, but like still weights over the last few years, mm -hmm. just weightlifting and stuff like that. Yeah. And I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, it's probably maybe a better idea to like lean up more or just get a little thinner and do more cardio and get my cardiovascular system in a better place. Not that it's bad. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can still run and, but I've gotten away from it. It used to be really good where I can go for five mile runs and yeah, he'd be fine Yeah, and be fine feel great. And also, just like blood pressure here and there is a little high, pulse rate's a little higher than it always used to be. It's like all these little things you start being aware of. Yeah, creeping up on you. Not that you can do everything right, but that was the one from a physical standpoint. I'm like, I got to like make sure my heart and my cardio is like there. Your lungs and your heart. I mean. I think there's a balance. Lifting is intense. That'll get your cardio going. Yes, you need to like run and make yeah. sure that you can move. It always cracks me up. You see those like big dudes. They're just built like insane, but they cannot move. No, no <laughs> mobility, right? Yeah. Like they can't even reach something. They're just like. Can't bend over and tie their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're struggling trying to reach their foot because their muscles are so big, you know. Right. They can't scratch their back. You got to <laughs> find that in between. I think you can be muscular and be able to move and have all the agility. Yeah, but there's only so much time to do whatever exercise you're going to do. Like, unless you're working out four hours a day, which nobody does. Oh, yeah. I think I would sense. just lean more towards mobility is a big one. That's huge, especially as you get older, like hips and knees and back. And I want to make sure that yeah. all that stuff is functioning. If you don't do anything, it's just going to normally deteriorate. Yeah. You said you went back to the gym, but you're taking it a little easier. So did you change up your routine? How have you made adjustments since you've been getting better? Similar routine, just more body weight stuff, just not doing really weights or very light weights, stretching, lots of walking. Mm -hmm. Walking is always my go-to. Carry my phone with me, make sure I get to at least 10,000 steps. Was it hard to get to 10,000 like for a couple days? No, the walking was pretty good. Like that was pretty easy. Okay. I never felt winded from, I don't know how to explain it. It's like while I was exercising, I felt good. Mm. It was just more of like an everyday, just like sitting around where I'd notice like just a change in my breathing. Yeah. Just kind of when you're still, when you could focus on it, but maybe as long as you kept moving, you didn't notice. Yeah. As like, since you had like circulation air coming in and out forcefully, then 
you know, you're not thinking about it maybe. Yeah. But I do have so much more compassion after having it now than I did before. Mm. And I have, like I was saying before, I definitely have a newfound, not interest, what's the word? I don't know, newfound like appreciation for the vaccine. I think I was definitely taking it lightly as far as like, eh, I'm healthy, not for me. I don't think I'll, you know. Yeah, yeah. We had to talk about the transmission thing. Like, we're not just doing it for us. We're doing it for the other people. Right. Like, I didn't come from that mentality. I didn't think. I thought the virus gets transferred regardless if you have the vaccine or not. So from a personal health standpoint, I was like, I'm young. I'm strong. I feel good. It's not going to affect mm-hmm. me. And now after the fact, I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I might get the jab next time. No. <laughs> Well, and I think you still can, but, you know, of course, I would just wait until all of your symptoms were gone. And Yeah, I don't know. Well, that goes into another thing. So I don't know if now, like, am I like vaccinated right now from my, not the immune response, like your natural immunity. Yeah. Like I've built like this tolerance from getting it. It's like you build the antibodies. I think, shoot, that's another thing you could research is I think they're around for a little bit, but there again, it's just like the flu. You get the flu shot for a certain, which I, mm. I'm i one of those people that have never gotten the flu shot. I Me think, neither. But twice when I was pregnant, because I was like, well, you know. Yeah. But you get one strand or strain, however you say it. And then what's going around is a different strain. So you're like, why did I even do this? But I think COVID might be the same way. You know, it's. I think so. There's so many different types of it now. But yeah, I'm a little leery just putting it. I don't know. I'm just leery about putting stuff in my body, which is really strange coming from a person that would throw anything into my body, like as a college (laughs) student, to take acid. Yeah. Like somebody would give me like anything. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll pop that. That was that kind of person in college. You were young. Yeah, like idiots. And you were even more invincible feeling than what you have felt through your 40s. Yes. There's a certain level of, I guess it's imaginary invincibility, which I have mm-hmm. it too. We never get sick. We're healthy. We're fit. Probably out of all of your friends, you may be one of the more fit, more Definitely. active people. When it comes to food, you tend to make the better choices. Like there's all these things you're like, I'm good. You yeah, know? I'm like Teflon. Right. Exactly. Ain't and I me. think that level of invincibility, imaginary invincibility. What was that when we were 19, oh 25? So that was insane. Mm-hmm. There's so much crap that I'm like, I cannot believe I lived through that. Like yeah. what a nut. How dangerous. How dangerous. Yeah, I'm embarrassed to say, like, a lot of the stuff that I did back then, drinking and driving when I was younger, like, stupid stuff. Just stupid stuff. Yeah. So just to still retain that feeling of invincibility, even as we age, is just a funny thing. So, yeah, yeah, I think about that. And I did get the vaccine, and I have not gotten the booster, even though, like, my husband did. He's a teacher, so he's he feels kind of exposed every day. But I will get the booster coming up because I've just got some travel and I'm just like, meh. It's kind of goes back to the- You already did the two. You might as well yeah. keep it up, right? Yeah. And I just don't want to go no. through what you have gone You don't. <laughs> you really don't. So yeah. if there's any chance that the booster could help me avoid that, especially if I was away on a business trip, like at a convention or something, come down with it, what the hell? Like, how am I going to get home? This is horrible, you know? Very true. I don't want to do that. What else have you kind of thought about? Or you said you were just home, kind of in your head, watching a bunch of stuff. Yeah, YouTube, 
podcast, same old crap. And I'm trying to listen to like both sides of everything and it doesn't help. I could just see the two narratives are so one-sided mm-hmm. that you can't really figure out anything by listening to them. So whether regardless, you know, vaccine or Joe Rogan, that whole situation that happened with him, just the hypersensitivity thing drives me so crazy, like bonkers. Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about this before, but I'm like, it's just the thing that was getting in my head. Is this world has become so soft. Everybody is so triggered and offended all the time. Yeah. And I'm sitting back watching this stuff. I'm like, is this real? Like, is this really happening? Because it seems silly. It seems like so nonsensical to me. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, again, I don't know what's real. Like, then I'm watching like the war in Ukraine. People are like, they're dying. Mm-hmm. And there's like military thing. I'm like, you think these people are worried about COVID or transgenders or cancel culture or like all the bullshit that like, not that COVID's bullshit, but just all the stuff that like we think about, like in our first world freaking ideal the Oscars, like we were talking about before, like the Will Smith thing. Yeah. This is the shit we think about. People are like are being bombed. Like there's aerial footage of like just complete like apartment complexes just destroying yeah. level to the grounds. We're so coddled here. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that repulses me so much. And I'm so worried about the kids. And I know we've talked about that before too, but this is the stuff that really gets under my skin. And you could just see it all play out. You could see the sort of the narratives. And so I think one of the things I was mentioning to you that you actually pointed out too, when you're too close to something, mm. like you can't see what's going on. It's buried like in the narrative. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have a friend who we're having a conversation and he was going on about this idea that he's like, well, I'm a professional and I'm an expert in this blah, 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 blah. He's like, that would be like me trying to tell you, Al, that I'm going to tell you about finance while you're an expert in finance. I'm like, whoa, first of all, I don't consider myself an expert in finance. (laughs) And sometimes like, I don't go to the people that are in my business for advice in finance. I want somebody that has no experience in finance. I want to get like, what's their interpretation? Mm. I remember asking him, I was thinking about buying a house that I thought was a little bit too expensive for me. And I knew he had like a big house and a big mortgage payment. I was like, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel every yeah. month? Like with this like, mortgage payment? Does it payment? bother you? Is it stressful? He's yeah. like, it's big, but I'm used to it. And then like, we just compared, did some rough numbers with him. I was like, what would you do in my situation? I wanted his opinion. Yeah. I know exactly what everybody in the financial world is going to tell me, but I want to know what a regular person that doesn't have, again, everything's so close. He's you know looking at it from a distance. Well, plus he's experiencing or has experienced it already. Yes. So he's in it and he can tell you, okay, well, five years in, this is what I thought at the beginning and this is how I feel now. You get that like accurate perspective experience instead of- Like the everyday kind of- Like you said, some numbers cruncher being like, oh, well, your mortgage should only be 20% of whatever. That's right. You don't want that information. You want- How's it really feel? How's it feel? Right. Based on these you know, basic numbers I'm giving you about myself, would you go ahead and do what I'm thinking about doing? Right. That advice was like priceless. Like that was the advice I went off if I didn't buy the house. I was like, hell no, I don't want to be under that kind of, you know, pressure. Yeah. If he's stressed about it and if he's feeling pressure and he 
can or can't meet these other goals, or I wish I could travel more, or if he's got any kind of clue of something he could give you that you're like, "Mm, that's not what I want. Right. That helps you make your decision rather than some podcaster, guru, something on the radio or whatever. I also think of that about doctors. Like a lot of doctors are all trained in Western medicine and they're just trained to think a certain way. Mm -hmm. And pharmaceutical companies are trained to teach doctors of how medications work. And that's what the doctors know. So they know certain things and you look at them as an expert. It's not that they don't have common sense, but I want the more common sense approach. I don't want like always this like expert, I'm the expert in this field and this is what the research. I don't want all that. I want somebody like stepping back and like looking at the big picture and not just regurgitating. Well, at least over here in Western medicine, doctors and nurses are trained based on this medicine fixes this ailment. So they're looking Mm -hmm. for symptoms and solutions to those symptoms. They may not look for what's causing that symptom, what's the deeper issue here, whatever. And that's where a lot of people turn to like a natural health practitioner or a nutritionist or some other practice that might be looking at the root cause Yeah. of why are you feeling that way? Oh, well, you're eating a certain number of this many macronutrients or whatever. It's too much for your body. Your system can only handle like whatever. There's there's different options. But yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, psychosomatic illness. To me, psychosomatic is probably like 98% of all illness. Mm. Like your brain is so infused with your body. Like your brain can convince you. There's all kinds of cool studies. Have you ever hear of like the split personality ones where somebody that has one personality has brown eyes and they'll literally change personalities and their eye color will change. What? There's studies of this. Psychological studies, you can look them up on Google. That's amazing. I don't have anything to reference right now, but yeah, stuff like that, or their voice will change, or they'll speak a different language that they don't know. Whoa. How is that possible? Like your brain is doing this. That's amazing. That your brain is that powerful that it could change your physiology. And I've experienced it firsthand. We've talked about the back pain thing and having Mm -hmm. back surgery and then realizing I didn't need the back surgery. There's industries of things that are here mm-hmm. to like, like you just said, put the band-aid on the symptom. Nobody's like, hey guys, it's all the cause here. The cause is like the stress and the freaking anguish and it's the mental stuff. Yes. And it's like nobody wants to look at that. I don't understand why. Because I maybe it's because it's is because it's vague or that it's just a little bit convoluted. You can't really knock it down to like an exact science. I or- think honestly, in Western culture, I think. It's been so shushed for us to kind of like how you said you would only notice symptoms when you were still and quieted Mm -hmm. or a lot of times with working out, maybe like you said, you'll feel great while you're doing it, Mm -hmm. but then afterwards you're crashing really hard and we are so busy, whether it be mentally or physically with screens and work and calls and beeps and buttons and all this stuff going on. We don't have time to do that, like quiet focus kind of inner, like how do I really feel kind of a thing? Yeah. So then it's just been chalked up to like a fluke, like, oh, that's not real. We're very uncomfortable. We're so uncomfortable with being quiet. Like Mm -hmm. we don't want quiet. We want to be moving. Moving, like you feel like you're going to die if you stop, right? Right. It's kind of like this, like sharks. You got to like constantly be swimming. Yes. 
I think it's very uncomfortable for keep most it moving. people. To, keep it moving, you know. Yeah, it's easier. Don't dwell on anything. Keep it moving. I know. It's a distraction. I did think of you the other day. So I have jumped on a health journey just because I've been completely a big old lazo for two years. <laughs> big old lazo. Okay. <laughs> big old lazo. <laughs> just literally I've done nothing but sit here at my desk and work for like two years. Yeah, you're like a runner, right? I was. I'm uh, trying to be again. Okay. My first step was I joined a couple of like a cardio dance class and then like a oh, bar cool. class. It's like ballet based. Oh, it's super mm-hmm. hard. I've heard. So I joined a couple of those. My initial idea was also based on stress. I wanted to begin my week with a workout and then end my week with a workout. So I've got a Monday and a Friday. Right. I pre and posts. Yeah. Just let me start the week strong and then let me like decompress. And then I saw a friend post something about, and she's a nutritionist and she's doing a program. So I was like, sure, I'm in. Yeah. I eat pretty healthy, but I think there are some adjustments to be made. And I'd mm. kind of not been paying attention that much to that stuff. So I just knew I was heavier than usual, not as energetic as I had been before. And heavier meaning like you like get on the scale? Like literally have like 10 pounds heavier. Okay. And I'm only five foot. So that probably looks like 20 pounds. <laughs> okay. So good God. Sorry, I'm not laughing at you. No. <laughs> I'm just taking <laughs> a look at the background. Like five foot. <laughs> I'm tiny. So if I gain any weight, it's extremely obvious. Gotcha. Are you a vain person? Um, Like physically vain? Like you have to look a certain way or... No, I wouldn't say that. I would say I do have high expectations for how I should look. And I know should is like this word we're not supposed to use, but I am unaccepting of just, hey, as you get older, you just get fatter. And that's how it is. Like, (laughs) no, I am not doing that. Like, I refuse to go buy the next bigger size of bathing suit. No. (laughs) My new wardrobe every time you gain weight. No, we're getting this shit together and we're going to get fit and we're going to get back in that. So what's the ideal? Is it like an age that you were or is it like a certain person or is it like an image? Like what's the ideal for you? Mm, That's a great question. Were you like, when I was 22, that was like the, you know, I want to look. I mean, of course, like when you're that young, you're like so damn fit and you didn't even know how good you looked and you thought you were fat. (laughs) Right. You ate crap at two in the morning and you didn't gain a, yeah, I know. Right. So sure, there's that. And maybe I'm not that I'm expecting to get back to that. But if I want to move forward with this excellent level of business and household and relationships with my family and physical fitness level and health and like this overall picture of health and happiness and success that I want, then what I've been doing for the past two years is not really sustainable. Packing it. I'm not. Maybe my business is going well, but my health is not on the right trajectory. So I need to like optimize get those things in line. Yeah. So I joined the nutrition program and then I started running. So I saw again, another thing on Facebook or whatever. It was like a challenge to run a hundred miles in April for Mm. St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Oh, cool. So that's three miles a day, basically a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I just... Not that I couldn't do it myself, but that extra little touch that it's for a charity and stuff like that, I was like, I'm in. I'm doing that. That's awesome. The reason I thought of you is because a couple weeks in, 
you start getting active and you start changing <laughs> all of these things. And of course, you're physically sore. Your muscles are going through changes from sitting on your ass for two years to like running. You're like, oh, God. Mm -hmm. So my back was a little bit sore and I was literally like on my street, like about yes. to turn. And I was like, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, damn it, Al. <laughs> wow, you did that. Oh, my God. I helped somebody. My God, my words actually helped somebody. That's amazing. And sure enough, I like just had it in my mind shake it out, you know, just... Yeah, it's not real. I know some people have like crippling back pain really is an issue. That was not my case, clearly. It was just some soreness. I just needed right. to work it out, basically. So I went for my run. I did some stretches that yeah. specifically focused on my lower back and kind of been aware and careful and yeah, doing that like quiet check-in and... And you're still going. Yeah. So what are we at? What is it? The six. So you've gone six days in a row? No. So I mapped it out and I had to start slow, right? I can't just go out and just run three miles from doing zero. Yeah. So I mapped it out. I started with two miles a day, which is just like a big jump. Yeah. So, but I knew two miles was doable even if I ran and walked combination. Like I just need to do something. I'm taking off every Tuesday and... Twice a week, I think I scooch up a half a mile so that by the end of the month, I've got a couple of five and a half mile runs. Oh, yeah. As if you were training for like a longer distance. Yeah. And I did that before. Like I looked back, I think it was in 2018 or 19, I did a half marathon. Okay. And so I've definitely trained for that before. So I know I can get there. That's great. But anyway, so I've thought of you and was like. So the motivators though, but that's great. You like links like a running goal with like a St. Jude thing mm -hmm. in your mind. Like if you don't want to go, you're like, I'm doing this for a good cause. Exactly. Instead of it just being for myself, because I think I would, which is sad. Why do we let ourselves down so easily? Um, I was just thinking like, that's a great thing that you did. I do it out of vanity. Oh. <laughs> so somebody asked me like, why do you work out all the time? I'm like, I got to be honest. Like, of course, I want to be healthy. Right. Who doesn't want to be healthy? <laughs> I want to live a long time. Like you said all the right things when I asked you, you're like, well, you know, if I want to be productive with my business, I want to be that with my family. And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> I'm kind of vain. And like, I kind of want to Everybody, look. I think. If I don't look good, I don't feel good. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And not only that, like, I want to be attractive to my partner and like. Mm -hmm. I don't know. All of that. So like I come from a little more superficial kind of stance. All of that comes into play. Like I said, I'm not buying the next size of bathing suit. Right. I'm going to look good enough. So, I can. so there is a vanity factor. A little bit. Okay. Okay. And of course, like, sure, I'd love to be as hot as I was in, when I was 22, but I'm not like focused on that. Sure. Right now, I'm kind of focused on like the overall picture of like, I'm almost 40. You know, like I said, I'm not willing to believe that it's just like downhill from here. <laughs> You're on the right side of 40. I still think that this midsection in our lives can be, if you think about it, you really could get into the ultimate, most fit shape in your life mm -hmm. this year. Oh, yeah. You could. Absolutely. But how many of us? I mean, I think up until your... Yeah, I guess there's like a turning point at some points. You could always stay in shape, but I think in your 30s, 40s, absolutely. You could yeah. be in the best shape than you've ever been in. I feel like I'm fairly close to like the best shape I've ever been in. And yeah. 
I don't know. I don't ever think like, I wish I looked like I did when I was 22. Maybe someday I will think that. I don't know. Yeah, I just started thinking if these are the prime years and I do want, like we said, the overall picture, the family, the health, the business, the everything. Yeah. If that's what I say I want, then my actions need to be in alignment with that. Yeah. And I can't be just sitting here working all day and then not working out or. Yeah. And you can't feel good. Right. It's not going to help you mentally either. Right. Like sitting behind a computer working all day and you're not moving. You have to move. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing to me anyways. My work has this way of making me think that sitting here longer and trying to push and do more will get more done. Right. And so I really am tempted to like not move all day and just sit and click and work and type and just do all the things. Yeah, hammer more out. Right. Yeah. It's grind, basically. But then all the studies and all that show that if you did work out, you'd actually get all that done faster. Yeah, you'd be more productive if you step away for an hour to go for the run or stretch. Yes. I agree. I think if you did that intermittently all day, that's even better. Like I noticed with, and I always like go back to like drum playing. Yeah. Like when I play drums for like two hours straight, which I rarely do, those are usually not the good sessions. Like because I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm there too long. But if I do like 15 to 30 minute increments and then get up, step away, go back to it. Yeah. So much more productive because I don't think you could focus for that long. So it's weird how I know what you mean. Cause like you want to sit down and like get everything done in one shot. But I think taking those breaks makes you more productive, more focused, more conscious of what you're doing. Yeah. In a way, do you think that has anything to do with being too close? Mm, What do you mean? Like you're too close to your own life and lifestyle to sometimes be able to step back. Like it takes like a conscious action to Mm -hmm. actually step back and evaluate. Am I doing enough fitness? Am I actually doing things to meet all these goals? Mm. But when you're in it and you're in the weeds, you're just hustling. You're just trying to do all the things. You're trying to get the kids to their places. You're trying to not feel exhausted every day. You're You're just hustling. So it's like you're too close. Yeah, you're in the mix. Whereas someone probably from the outside could very easily be like, are you working out? Like, are you okay? Do you... You're eating a lot of fast food lately. <laughs> like, <I don't> yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Right. You're in some Not sort of bubble. Not to be judgmental, but it's almost like you need that judgmental person to be like, right. tap, 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 pull away from your screen. Yeah. This is what I'm seeing from the outside. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree with that. That's why like coaches are so important. Yes. That's why you know, honest friends are so important. Yeah. Or your therapist or whoever. Yeah. You need an outside perspective. And therapy, even not that they might tell you anything, but I think the practice there is so useful because you hear yourself say things and you're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, what did I just say? They just keep turning the question around <laughs> onto you, right? Like, oh, this is happening in my life. What, what should I do? Well, what do you think you should do? <laughs> God. Well, it's been, you know, or whatever. Like, you know, yes. they're always kind of like spinning it so that you're telling yourself, like you're almost- yeah. Being the therapist for yourself. Yeah. It's interesting. That's why I like therapy. I think I've said this before. I I don't like it while I'm doing it a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. No, it's brutal. Yeah. But like after when I think about it, like it's the contemplation the week following where I'm like, oh, and it's always like one or two things that are like these like gems Mm -hmm. I get out of it. Yeah. 
they're like epiphanies. They're like, oh, I didn't, I couldn't have thought of that on my own. My brain just wouldn't have gotten there. Yeah. Like I was telling you, the big one that I keep rolling through my head is with the business where I was like, I want to sell the business, but I'm so scared of selling the business because I don't want to regret it. And when he told me like, you can sell the business and regret it and have a good life. I'm like, that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is that possible? Like, wait, I thought regret means your whole life sucks after that. But again, that's what I was in this bubble. Mm-hmm. Like pop the bubble. I'm like, oh, okay. I could, <laughs> something else could happen out of that. Okay. Yeah. No, that's very valuable feedback. So again, with all of the exercise and the podcasting or the listening to podcasts and yeah, the sickness, like basically, I don't think I had any like real epiphanies, but Mm -hmm. it definitely like slowed things down and just sort of like, oh, all right. Life goes on without me being hyperproductive. That's another thing. That's a valuable lesson. I don't consider myself type A, but I feel similar to you from a business standpoint of like having to feel productive every day Mm -hmm. and check off that giant list that keeps growing. And then when you can't do that, it's like, nobody really cares. (laughs) It's okay. You know, it's okay. If somebody told me they were sick, that I was reliant, it's okay. Take care of yourself. Right. Yeah. Maybe that was the epiphany of like, I'm starting to take maybe a little bit of my own advice. Take care of yourself. So I felt a little bit of more self-compassion this time around than I thought I would. I thought I'd feel more like beat myself up, like, oh my God, I can't like not work another day. I think people are relying on me. Uh, uh, I know you got to get up. Hurry up, get better. Yeah. You're getting out of (laughs) Get over your COVID out. You're getting out of shape. Yeah. (laughs) Who thinks like you're getting out of shape when you're sick? That's what I think. (laughs) There's the vanity. I'm like, oh my, it's ridiculous. I'm like, my God, I've lost five pounds. For guys, it's losing weight. It's the opposite. It's like I lose weight when I get sick and Right. Because you're not working out and keeping the muscle mass, right? Exactly. So I'm shrinking. I feel like I'm literally just atrophying. I'm like shriveling, you know, <laughs> in my mind. Okay. And Shelby's like, are you out of your minds? I'm like, yeah, I think I was like a born, like a little fat girl or something. And that's like my <laughs> mentality my whole life. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good though. I mean, it is not good that you had COVID. It is good that you are better. <laughs> Thank you. It is yes. good that you had some time to think, even if you didn't feel good while you were experiencing it, but you had some downtime to kind of think about what you want to do and where you want to go and what's next. And Yeah. And also you talked about exercise. I need to get on some sort of fast from news. Oh. Yeah. I think I really need to just erase the podcasts. As I'm doing a podcast, I think I need to erase the podcast app. That's like, I'm listening to all these different, I'm like, it's not doing me any good. Mm -mm. And you saw the topic I wanted to do before we actually (laughs) did this. And you're looking at it like, no, I'm like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I kind of knew you're going to say that too. Oh, damn it. Because this is all like the crap that's like rolling in my head from all the stuff that, you know. And I could tell, I was like, what is he listening to? Like, that was my immediate response. I just automatically think you're listening to the same things and you're not. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I'm like, you must know about all this stuff. This yeah. is very apparent. I mean, I've shared with you before, I don't really listen to the news. Of course, the Ukraine thing, like, I'd been paying more attention, but yeah. Aside from just specifically, like, what's going on in Ukraine? Like, what are the sanctions? Like, what's going on? That's it. Like, That's it. everything else, I don't know anything. My husband does some kind of daily 
super quick news briefing. The Daily? Yeah, probably that one. It's like a New York Times thing, I think. Yes. Okay. I'll be in the kitchen getting the kids breakfast and he'll be in the room getting ready. So I can hear something, but I can't hear it all the way. But literally as he walks, carrying his phone, playing out loud to the kitchen and enters my space Mm -hmm. with that on, I feel my tension go up. Oh, you do. Isn't that crazy? All right. You just convinced me then. I got to erase this. I can like feel it. And it's like not him. Right. You know, if he walked in quietly, it was like, hey, babe, good morning. You know, whatever. Even if he was grumpy, I'd just be like, "Mm." Yeah. But just that noise, that news, like today and blah, blah, blah. Right. This whole thing is happening. Yeah. And I'm just like, (laughs) oh, God. I feel it as you're talking about it. I get like that anxiety, you know? Yeah. Cause I'm just in there quiet, prepping things, getting the coffee going, just having a simple morning. And then this noise walks in my room and I'm like, oh. Yeah. That would have been one of the good things about being sick was. I should have went on the fast while I was sick. Hmm. Would have had a lot of quiet time, but instead I filled it with a lot of noise. But now you can make the conscious decision while you're in health. Yeah. And use it for like meditation or stretching or something. Yeah, just being quiet, honestly. Just going for a walk. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I've gone for a walk or a run or to the gym without headphones on. Just the earbuds. Yeah. I have earbuds on listening to whatever. Sometimes music, sometimes just something. Mm-hmm. Like for some reason, I feel like I need noise in my ear in order to do anything. Right. Before I take the dog for a walk, I'm like, bing, bing, bing. You know, let me, I can't spend a half an hour without listening to something. Yeah. I'm the same way. Oh, you are? Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird. Like if I have to go somewhere, I will drive in the vehicle in silence. No problem. Okay. For some reason, I guess it's like the humming of the vehicle. Yeah. Vehicle I could do. But for a walk or a run, I always, Okay, what am I going to listen to during this? Like without earbuds, I'll drive home. Like if I leave the house to go to the gym, I'll literally drive home to get my earbuds if I forgot them oh. <laughs> rather than do the workout without them. Part of it's like I like to be in my world, especially in the gym. I just want to yes. be in my little bubble. In the gym, it is, I give you that. It's okay because I do not want to hear other people like huffing and puffing, <laughs> grunting, and making weird noises. No, Mm-mm. right? Earbuds, no. Yeah, mine's more of an antisocial thing. Like, I'm just like, (laughs) earbuds, can't talk, sorry. (laughs) And that's the other thing, too. What, while you're working out, don't start a conversation with me. Right. I don't want to talk. I'm here to do business here. (laughs) Yeah, this isn't talking time. Right. Well, it's also my neighborhood, too. It's like I walk around. I like my neighbors. I don't want to sit there and have a 10-minute conversation first thing in the morning. Yes. I want to say hello, bye, have a good day. Yeah. It's enough. Or if I did step out the door, I'm thinking, okay, I've got X number of minutes to do this exercise or exactly, I'm going to run two miles. Like I have a meeting in 30 minutes. Let me fit these two miles in. Like whatever. I've kind of already got that in my head. Right. And yeah, I like the neighbors, but I don't got time right now. But I got shit to do. (laughs) You're in the bubble. I'm telling you, we've got to do an episode about being in the bubble. Okay. Being in the bubble is when you're in your 30s and your 40s and you have little kids and you have aging parents and you're in your work career. You have so many things going on. You're just doing all the things. Yeah. And there's actually studies done that you're like the least happy in your life when you're in your, they actually give it an age. I think it's like 45 or 47. 
Oh, wow. Because like you're literally like in the middle of all this responsibility. You're working, you're paying a mortgage, you got little kids that you're trying to raise. God forbid you have sick parents that maybe you have to take care of. Like you're doing all of this stuff and it's not fun. Well, some of it's fun, but it's just a lot. It's a lot of stress. Yeah. And they say like, so you're real happy, like in your twenties, then it goes down. It's like this U curve. So it goes down. And then once you hit like 55, it starts going back up because the kids are now grown up. Maybe your parents passed away and you've gotten over that, whatever. Like you're getting toward retirement. You actually get happier in your later years. So I'm really looking forward to the later years. Let's do that. That's the next episode. The bubble. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do the bubble next time. Well, thanks everybody for listening and we will see you next time. See you next time. 